Welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Kintsugi Life is about learning, growing and strengthening from the times of adversity and challenge that we all go through. It's about valuing them as part of what makes us who we are. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing how I believe that hardship and failure are actually really good opportunities for us to learn and grow, just as good opportunities as actually being taught something or seeking out the learning. So how do we learn best, from being taught or through failing? Here are a few lessons in learning and what I believe what works and what doesn't work. And it relates to a story of an experience I had recently with my teenage daughter. I'd been in the house for about five minutes this evening when I found myself in the midst of an argument with her. We'd both arrived home from our days at school and work and she'd made a casual request of me. Would I transfer a small sum of money to her bank account as she was worried that there wasn't enough in there to cover her monthly payment to iTunes? Now money had been a contentious topic for us of late. I'm trying to impart in her the need to practice good money management skills, and perhaps I'm optimistic in this. She seems to be staunchly resisting my efforts. My lessons and suggestions seem to be falling on deaf ears, and instead we've had a summer where she's quickly spent her monthly allowance, along with other money she's been given while on vacation. There had been periodic requests for £5 here and £10 there to go to the cinema or meet up with friends, most of which I foolishly indulged deluded in thinking that I was earning myself some brownie points. This flashpoint came when I felt compelled to remind her of recent events slipping, as I find myself do in such moments into one of my well-rehearsed parental lectures. Her reaction wasn't to suffer my guidance with good grace, but instead she responded with a characteristic, Oh my God! And she argued back against what I felt were my well-justified and undeniable points. We fell out. She stormed off to her room, and I went on to cook dinner, ignoring her. Half an hour later, after having returned to the conversation once our tempers had calmed, we were back on speaking terms. She was adamant that there was nothing of value or interest to be taken from what I was saying, but I'm certain she's taken that stance for effect. I know that she'll ruminate upon what I've said, and if only begrudgingly, contemplate at least some of my advice when next month's allowance hits her bank account. I want to help her and her siblings to develop good money management skills. I want them to learn to live beneath their means and to regularly invest a proportion of their earnings and pay themselves first. I want them to understand that while money can buy stuff, this doesn't bring true and lasting joy to life. On the other hand, the freedom, stability and peace of mind that stable finances can bring to life are priceless. The challenge is that I'm trying to teach this lesson as someone who for many years failed to employ or understand these lessons in my own life. I was a financial disaster. I still have my moments of madness now, the most recent of which sits depreciating at an alarming rate on my driveway right now, my car. My parents, on the other hand, have exemplified each of these lessons and have practiced the principles throughout their lives. They consistently treat us, their family, with great kindness and generosity. And that's something I aspire to be able to do for my family too. I just worry maybe it's too late. 
In spite of their efforts to impart their wisdom through their words and their deeds, I still managed to largely ignore their lessons and screwed it all up for at least the first half of my adult life. This has spurred me on to try and ensure that my kids don't make the same mistakes I did. As I reflected, it got me thinking. My, my parents clearly have these things figured out, and they did their best to impart the knowledge to me, and yet I still managed to either misinterpret, misunderstand, or more likely just ignored their advice. Does it therefore follow that I have a better or worse chance of teaching the same lessons to my own kids, because I've learned the lessons the hard way? Was it all about me being a poor student, unwilling to learn and listen, in which case should I be alarmed at my daughter's reaction today? Is there some guiding principle that a teacher is better equipped to impart a lesson if they've demonstrated or mastered what they're teaching and have practiced what they preach? Are they better equipped if they've learnt the hard way by suffering the pitfalls and failures before figuring it out for themselves? Should this influence our choice of teacher and who we listen to? And how much do we really consider whose advice we take and where we seek our guidance from? These are the questions it prompted in me. Should we, for example, sign up with a personal fitness trainer who just has qualifications and accreditations? Or do we select one who's clearly in good shape and has in the past had to work to lose weight and build their fitness up just as we hope to? In an ideal world, I suppose both would be nice. However, I'd certainly take the latter over the former, since I'd have more faith that they could help me in my struggle. In another instance, would we prefer to employ the services of a childminder who had all the qualifications possible, but no kids of their own? Or would we rather someone who has kids of their own who seem to be happy and well-adjusted also looks after ours? Again, ideally we'd choose both, but I know in their early years my own kids were unhappy in a formal day nursery setting, but immensely happy with a childminder in her family home along with her own kids. So I'll say that the latter is more important. Would we choose instruction from a music teacher who understood the theory of music and who played rigidly, or from someone who could play with passion and creativity, but who was self-taught? I know which kind of teacher brought out the best in me as an aspiring teenage guitarist. I was all about the informal jam session over the formal and structured teaching style. Should we choose the books we read, the nourishment we feed our minds on the basis of curated reading lists and extensive research into the achievements of the authors? Or are we better off trusting the reviews and recommendations of others, and by selecting the titles that others with our purchase history on Amazon have also bought? The answer in each instance, I suppose, is that there's merit in seeking out a blend of both mastery and personal experience, including experience of failure. It's often not a binary choice of one way or the other way, anyway, and often those who have something to teach will either have been spurred on to achieve mastery after first having failed in their field. Others will have failed many times in the implementation of their knowledge before finally succeeding. My parents have exemplified sound financial judgement and prudence, but I'm certain that they had their hard times and experienced challenges along the way that have contributed to where they are now. This prospect gives me hope that while I was given the theoretical principles at an early age, demonstrated to me through their example, it's taken me a few hard lessons for all the learning to fall into place. Maybe then I'll find a way to break through with my kids someday in getting the message across to them as well. We each have preferences for certain styles of learning, and perhaps the obvious conclusion is that it all depends on the learner, rather than solely on their credentials or the style of the teacher. 
Some will favour following the examples and the salutary tales of someone who's been there, done that, and who has the battle scars to demonstrate their credibility and the war stories to tell. Others might prefer to understand the theory from someone credible and with the intellectual or practical acumen to demonstrate their mastery. We're all teachers, educators and influencers in some way or another, and we all learn from other people too. For some, it may be vocational when they set out to impart knowledge and experience in order to influence others. For others, influence comes indirectly from the example set via our words and our actions. Whatever the method we choose, we all have the inherent ability to shape and influence others, and that's quite a power to have, whether we want it or not, and whether we choose to use it. Regardless of how capable and effective the teacher might be, the willingness of the learner and the readiness to absorb the lesson is critical to whether the lesson's learned or rejected. In the case of my daughter, the last thing she wanted when having to admit her financial error and to ask me for a favour at the end of a long day at school was another lecture on the merits of saving and budgeting. Even if I'd delivered the most insightful and fact-laden lecture, interspersed with anecdotes from my own past, I doubt she'd have wanted to listen and absorb my point. And therein really lays the challenge. As good as the teacher may be, equipped with either credentials or hard-learned lessons born from failure or success, a learning also relies on the student being willing to learn as well. I guess that's the point really of this episode, is to say that actually there's learning opportunities all around us and often that learning does come from the failures and the hardships that we weather. And I guess the key point as learners is to make sure that we're always receptive to that and we're always looking to take whatever lesson we can from either the lesson that's been delivered from us or from the failure that we're working our way through so that we can come, become better, stronger and wiser. I hope you find that useful and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Kintsugi Life Podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. You can email me on toby at tobyhazelwood.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to leave me a positive review if you feel unworthy of one. And I'd also love for you to share this with anyone else who you think might benefit from the content. Until next time, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.